and it's episode five of Modern Day Mystic. I'm Cathy Van Royen, chatting with the delightful Zereda Garda. Sorry, I'm getting so excited. I'm stumbling over my words, Zereda. <laughs> How lovely to have this afternoon again with you and talk about all things mystical, esoteric, unusual, and full of logical common sense. <laughs> Hello, Cathy. Lovely to be with you once again. Uh, talking about all things mystical and mediumy, <laughs> exactly. not not largey or smally. Not, not large. mediumy. <laughs> Great. Well, mediums at large, aren't we? <laughs> well, you know, the, the interesting thing is about the mediums is the sort of negative connotation that it has in many circles. No pun, but um, in in many aspects. And I think, in a way, you know, when we look back at, you know, even as a little girl, I always remember seeing this. Um, caravan at the at the side of the road, particularly in Durban, with a fortune teller and the idea of the crystal ball and this gypsy. It always, in my little girl psyche, it always seemed so romantic and exciting. You know, to run away with a circus was maybe um I had my own circus at home, but, <laughs> but it always seemed so um, unusual. And I think think now that you and I are both living the unusual, it actually isn't that unusual. Exactly. That's just, I, you made me smile so much now because I was just thinking about that same feeling, um, you know, never going to any of them, but being seeing those caravans. You know, I'm, I'm not sure where I would have seen one in Joburg, but the, you know, with the fortune teller sign on the side, and you know, the crystal ball kind of idea. We went to the one in Durban and um, it was actually quite bizarre. If you, I'll, I'll quickly tell it, share it with because it was, okay. I think I must have been about 20 um what was it yeah maybe 20, 20 no it was maybe older I can't remember but my my late sister had had a, a big love fallout so we'd seen the caravan because we, she, we, she'd come over from the UK and we went down to Durban I was actually working there in my my previous job in TV funny enough on the Comrades Marathon so I had a couple of days I took a couple of days before the event to um, have some leave and spend some time with my sister so, of course, the caravan was in walking distance of wherever we were staying. And she said, I want to go. And I'm going, I can't go to those. No, I want to go. I, I can't remember that. We went with, she went with somebody else um, who lived down in Durban when I was at the work the one day. And she goes, now I have to go. And I'm going, why? I don't want to go. She says, no, but you, you, it was almost like to test this lady because the stuff that she told my sister there was a lot of if, if there was a commonality and she was told because I told my sister about the big family then my sister would believe it all so I think I must admit I was very nervous about going but I agreed to go and in those days it was 10 rand okay <laughs> oh, I mean, 10, rand, 10 rand went a long way because I had 20 rand in total and in, in, on me so I went in and she told me quite a lot of quite relevant things um, and then it's a usual thing that happens to me when, when people ask, you got any questions? I didn't really have any questions, to be honest. At the end, she says, I'll give you, um, she was like re-emphasizing what she'd just say, but to, to give me, to give me the extra, I suppose, turbocharged boost power, it would just cost another 10 rand and she'll make, and these wishes will come true. And I'm thinking, first of all, I don't have any wishes. But she's psychic, so she must know that I've got 10 rand still in my purse because I only had 10 rand. And I was so scared to get in case in case she put a bad spell on me. 
So, yeah, so, I mean, I ended up hauling out my last 10 rand and then I was quite indignant, but my sister was quite delighted because there was a lot of correlation with, with the, you know, the, the things that we had in common. So um, it did help, definitely did help her. Um, and I think she felt supported in many of the aspects. She never really told me, my sister was more private than I am. Um, she never really told me exactly the private stuff. Tell her the common stuff, like the family and the basic stuff that I would have had, but not her private stuff. Did she predict anything for you, the the psychic fortune she teller? Did actually, she did, funny enough. Come to think, it's just come to me now. Um, she said, in three months, I'm going to meet the man I'm going to marry, um, and I already know him. You know what that did to me? I was going through, and I worked with a, with, a, with a department of like 200 men at the time. I'm looking at every single person. <laughs> Is it, is it him? Is it him? Is he married? No, he's he's scratched him. He's married. Is it him? Is it him? Is it him? And I actually, it it made me a little bit um, obsessive, to be honest. I didn't, mm. uh, I didn't appreciate it at the time, but because she told me this, and it was my first encounter with this kind of anything esoteric in the world, and I think, yeah, my mom was still alive then, so it wasn't even like we went, um, you know, for. For you know, to, to to try and communicate with her, it was literally because my sister's heartache was wanting. She was wanting some sort of relief, and um, it didn't. The three months came and went, and I thought, ah, this lady is rubbish. But I ended up, I did end up marrying a colleague, so she was kind of right. She was kind of right, but <laughs> yeah. I think you know what what you're talking about, Kath. Also, is the kind of range of different things that psychics can get. Some people do more predictive work. It's not something I do, um, yeah. but there is that range. So some some people can maybe pick up a thread of a future timeline and give you those, you know, kind of pronouncements or precognitions about things that might come or might happen. Um, yeah. Others others just tell you about like a general life plan or soul lessons or whatever, um, and then the mediums are, you know people like us who then also connect with deceased loved ones. So it is yeah. a, it is a quite a range. I think it's a little bit like, you know, we, we kind of lump everything that psychics do in one kind of pot, but yes. it, it, it's also got different. It's a bit like how our normal talents in the world are, you know, some of us are better at English and some are better at maths or whatever, but it's, it's a little bit similar in the sense that people have different strengths, psychic strengths and psychic abilities in terms of what they tune into, um, that kind of thing. So yeah. I think that's yeah. useful to also just mention that it's, it's important to just know that because you might go to someone wanting predictive stuff and they're just, you know, telling you things about your present life or past or that kind of thing. And then you feel disappointed, but that's because you maybe also weren't clear what you wanted from them, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And you, didn't get out the extra 10 rand. No, I'm kidding. Didn't get out the extra 10 rand. Exactly. But you know, exactly. often at the, they're not so much now, obviously, because of the, the COVID lockdown, the fears haven't been happening. But for a while, when I first started on the spiritual journey, I was going to these esoteric and spiritual fears mm. quite regularly um, because, of course, they were my kind of people. It was interesting. They had different stuff. And I would often see, the diff as you say, the different kind of fortune tellers and psychics and mediums th that some of them would actually specify, you know, know your future. Some of them would say, mm. um, you know, connect with loved ones. And then that, that, for me, that didn't have, I was more curious, but I didn't really have a particular need. It was like, oh, okay, that's quite interesting to see. Um, 
but I never actually went to any at the fairs, I don't think. Did you ever have an experience? Any I fairs? did actually. At one point when I was kind of going through my career change, I went to one of the esoteric fairs as well. I used to love them and I also used to go regularly, which, yeah, I haven't been in ages. I should actually find out <laughs> if they're having them more now again. Um, and I went to I went to a few different ones, but the one I remember the most was a tarot card reader. And um, so she was so she starts doing the reading, and I, I she asks me like what I'm wanting, you know, answers on or whatever. And I say, well, I'm kind of an, an looking at a career change, um, so I'm I'm you know just wanting some guidance like around that. Um, mm. So she drew cards and stuff. I can't remember what deck she used. Um, drew the cards and then she said no she could see me going into something like the legal field and I was like what like I have no interest in like anything legal so yeah. I sort of just sort of said oh because now I also want to be nice to the poor tarot card reader who's yeah. now kind of picked up something that <laughs> wasn't quite on point and uh, and then she said and then she said oh no and I could see you're going to get married like a bit later at the time I was 28 She's like, I could see you're going to get married a bit later. So I said, oh, okay. Like, when do you think? So she said about 28, 29. So I said, because I'm 28, 29 now. Poor woman. Oh, my God. Oh. Right, right. He didn't realize. Oh. I think I just looked really young. So, you know, that's the thing. It's like, even as a psych, I mean, I think it must be quite brave to work in those environments and, and have people coming up to your table. Because, you know, you sometimes you don't exactly get you don't get, you're not on point, you know, like yeah. it, it can at times be a bit hit and miss, <laughs> like this poor lady, shame. I felt so sorry for her. <laughs> so, I mean, that's exactly it. But at the time, you know, then, then I love the books that, um, that like the Darren Browns of the world who, who look at the mentalist idea and, and stuff. And, and I do think that, that there is an element of that because I, I do it now. I'm reading somebody's body instinctively without even realizing it. So when, when I say a word and they flinch, it goes somewhere. Look, I'm not that clever enough to remember all the cues. So, you know, a lot of the times it, it is kind of like an intuition, but sometimes like, I mean, I was also told I was going to have children and I was going to do all that. And my obsessiveness in the, in the beginning, I mean, then when I went to my first clairvoyant lady, my first medium lady, and, um, you know, I, there was a period for me and that they shouldn't actually give me a timeline because as they say, you're going to meet your soulmate in three months like I did the first time. I'm counting off the months. I'm going to still not met him, still not met him, still. And that is, to me, that's dangerous for me as a personality because rather just say, oh, I can see you getting married. Okay. That's fine. I can deal with that. But as soon as they say a time frame, then it's almost like I gear my whole behavior towards that um, time frame. And that's not necessarily healthy. Mm, or helpful. Or helpful, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Because I think it's, it's also the thing about predictive work is that you're picking up a particular timeline for someone. You know, if we look at things from a quantum physics perspective, we are constantly creating different timelines with each decision we make every day you know so you might also be picking up certain things on the current timeline so the question then becomes like do you end up because then if the person is following what you're saying are they then is it then the prediction coming true or is it that they're looking for the prediction to come true that makes it 
yeah come true perhaps <laughs> come true or not yeah exactly okay physics because i don't know if we've ever touched on quantum physics you have to summarize it in a couple of minutes so just very quickly um you know look the quantum physics perspective for me answers a lot of the questions um that can be feel confusing from the more scientific perspective and you know so that is that we live in a in a multiverse and that we have there's so many things going on beyond the physical um and the idea of this multiverse is that there are different layers and different dimensions at play um in all of our lives and in the universe and when we're making particular decisions or doing certain things in some you know and science fiction answers this quite nicely but like they some people say we have like different parts of us living in these different multiverses none of this okay. we've been able to prove per se but so when we talk about the timelines it's that each decision you make creates like a a trajectory of possibility because we live in a universe of infinite possibility and but then you you keep changing that if you're growing and changing and thinking and especially when you're doing spiritual work you could be changing those trajectories so you you don't have a clear one set out fated path that you're going to follow throughout your life every time you're making a new conscious choice that could be influencing you know the outcome of a whole new trajectory and timeline in your life i hope that makes some kind of sense that is quite fascinating and it needs further explanation in the next segment <laughs> Well, Zareda, that was a nice little um, summary there of the one of the, the most strangest things that we are dealing with quantum physics. And you 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 talked about a multiverse as opposed to a universe. Now, from for myself, like I would explain it on a simpler to break what you'd said down to break it down and to make it a little bit more how can I say accessible for some people if 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 um, you're on the new at the beginning of this kind of spiritual journey is. For me, because I've always been an avid dreamer from a little girl, I've been a very vivid dreamer. And when I wake up, it always feels real. So then, of course, when I started questioning everything many years later, it's like, well, what is real? Is the conscious world the reality? Is the sleeping world, you know, the, the reality? And so perhaps a, a way of understanding that it's not just universe, meaning one verse, there's multiverse is that because, as you said, science can't explain but there's many different layers of possibility and the trajectories can change and um you know that kind of thing would you agree with that mm absolutely and i think what you're talking about as well is the different kind of dimensions that can exist in time and space so exactly that question which philosophers have asked over the centuries like how do we know which part of us is dreaming is it the yeah. one that's awake right now is it the one that's awake when we sleep um you know and in a way you know a lot of the psychic work that we do um particularly mediumship is kind of about stepping through dimensions so you know someone once explained to me um that this idea of when someone dies is you know we have this notion that they're not on the planet anymore and they've gone and they don't exist in human form and the the the, the kind of trauma and pain that comes with that but someone once simply just said to me like 
So if I step out of the door right now and walk into the other room, some you know I'm like there. You know, you still know I'm there. And I was like, yeah, of course, you know. And so, well, mm. that's what it's like. And when you start looking at it, you know, and, and dimensional dimensions in that way, it suddenly like blows your mind a little bit and, and kind of makes you feel a bit wonky because it's like, wow, actually, this is very true. How do I know? Well, like at the moment, you know, here we are in two different, com- talk about non-local and, and quantum physics. Um, you know, here we are in two complete separate um, pl- places in Johannesburg, mm-hmm. Abby and I, you know, and yet we are coordinating our podcast thanks to technology and Wi-Fi and all of these things that we can't see with our eyes, but create this amazing magical um, world that we currently live in. So yeah. when you when you think about, you know, you know, this idea of other dimensions it's like the dreaming the sleeping dimension and then when we connect with our loved ones on the other side it is like slipping into this other dimension or just opening your mind to it you know and you can do that in other ways like talking about the other timelines and it's like you can open a way to look at your future possibilities in the same way that you can look to the past and you know, for those who, who enjoy working with the idea of past lives and reincarnation, you that's where the past life regressions come from. All we're doing is consciously looking into these other dimensional realities of places that we may have existed in the past. Because as, you know, as energy, we just change form. We never cease to exist. We just keep changing form um, as we move through the cycles of life um, and into different dimensions. It's, that's a fascinating way to, to explain it. Because, I mean, I had one explanation once that it's like a one of these games, online games, that all these different, mm-hmm. as you say, one trajectory is shifted. But for me, I like the example of here I am sitting now with the Netflix remote control and I have many possible uh, programs that can I watch. So I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here with a, with a blank screen, but as soon as I put the power on, which is opening my mind, and then choose and select a program, I'm actually listening to that different program. So I, I think for me that the understanding of the different dimensions is if, because as I'm sitting watching a movie, we can get sad by a movie, we can get frightened by a movie, we can get, we laugh by a movie. Now it's not that we're actually sitting watching those people in real in real time. We are just watching an image of them. So yeah, that that is a nice analogy of, of um, you know, explaining why the, how the interdimensions work because that's mm, exactly, exactly it. We're just opening yeah. our mind and say, or as you say, opening, opening the door to another room. Exactly. Opening. And, and, you know, that's, it's so interesting when you look at like some of the big franchises, like, you know, Harry Potter, Star Wars, Star Trek, and, and the, the Marvels and all of that is that, you know, here are whole universes. So it's, you're right. It's, and, and the, the TV channel example is a beautiful one because we literally are clicking into different universes but we've so um, we're just not remembering the magic that's linked into that, you know. That there's like a whole, a whole other dimension there. And so what yeah. Kathy and I do is we click between these kind of metaphysical <laughs> remote control channels, yeah. you know, clicking into the dimension where deceased loved ones are and animals are. Um, or clicking onto one, you know, because I do some past life regression kinds of things or soul work, and you're clicking your that your remote into a past life dimension and helping yeah. a client or yourself to kind of explore that universe. Um, yeah. So 
it's a lovely it's a lovely way to bring them together and make it much more accessible and understandable and I think that's exactly it for me like as I was explaining my my how can I say obsessiveness with with what had been predicted I didn't realize that I was actually holding the remote control mm-hmm. mm, so exactly in all in all of this and all of the things like when we're when you and I are sitting chatting and we're, we're talking and things if we can regard it lightheartedly as playing um with with not necessarily how can I say with the highest intention we're doing it for our higher intention and if your higher intention in that moment is I can only listen to five seconds of this and then I need to close that door that's exactly what we do so I mean we we were discussing earlier um Zareda about sometimes when you try to tune into somebody because somebody's really um really wanting to reach somebody and as your med- as you being the medium in the room um you know you've been asked to 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 access something and you just can't get through Mm. and that's something I think that's happened to both of us Um, and it could it can be for various reasons you know it can be that um, maybe the person that you're reading for is really anxious and scared even so they Mm. want to connect but they're scared to connect so they kind of block it a little bit they put up like a barrier without without them consciously realizing and sometimes you may not realize either but even those that we may be trying to uh, connect with um, on the other side, sometimes, you know, they may not be. Most often when I try to connect, and I, I'm sure you've had this as well, Kath, once the person's on the other side, so to speak, they are fairly open to us connecting and and giving us information. Some give more than others. Some people are like, love sharing lots of information and give me lots of stuff. And mm. others are just like, I'm fine. I'm doing this now. I'm here. I'm busy. <laughs> you know, but they still do kind of give that. Um, yeah. But then, you know, sometimes, and maybe one of the things to also share is that, you know, sometimes we'll tune into someone who hasn't uh, passed away as yet. And, you know, maybe if they're sick or they're, you know, ill and, and there's a question about whether they, um, their health will be okay or if they if it is coming to their time you know sometimes when you tune into someone in that way they can because I had this happen recently trying to tune into someone and as I, I kind of got some information about their health and some inf- like kind of information about what their illness kind of represented or was symbolic for but when I mm. tried to feel if this was their time coming up you know to transition um, I got a very clear, it's not any of your business. I will choose and decide. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, I respect that. And I said, thank you. And I just backed away. So, you know, it's it's also sometimes not the right time for that person or they don't feel comfortable. And that's it. So like we would respect that for um, a so-called living person, <laughs> you know, it's about yeah. being aware and respectful of that on the, for the, you know, for others as well. Yeah. I think, you know, for, for anybody that is, you know, embarking on their own mediumship journey, I think that's quite important to, to realize is that not to take that kind of um, non-access personally and say, oh, well, I'm, I'm, mm. I'm not that good or, you know, I didn't get anything, so I'm going to stop doing this. Because I, I believe, and I think I've said this in previous podcasts before, is like one of the, the, one of the things that I learned when I was doing my metaphysics years ago was if you, if you tune in, if you start working on yourself and you make yourself the best version of you and to tune into the divine within, everybody can do this. In fact, we're doing it anyway, mm-hmm. because when you're walking into a room or, you know, you, you, you go into um, 
a, a, a church or a cemetery or a place where maybe a loved one used to live and you can feel some sort of presence. That's basically it. They're, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, that's, that's a, the beginning part of it. But in order to develop it further, like you and I are having conversations with, you know, the other side or having little movies from the other side, it's because we're moving forward with the highest good and the highest of intentions. And we're also aware that we have the remote control so we can turn the volume down or change the channel or switch the power off whenever we choose. And so can they on their side. Mm, absolutely. And that's such a helpful thing to say as well, Kath, that, you know, all of us are born with these abilities. Absolutely. Um, and it's just, a, I think, you know, we live in a world that shuts down intuition, shuts down instinct and gut instinct, you know, and that kind of thing. Um, so we learn to question and doubt it. And we learn to to put in like logic is the master, you know, yeah, um, yeah. And, and what other people say you know, is the way to choose it. Like a random example is I have some flooring, you know, that I need to have fitted. And, you know, the guy brings these samples and he's like, this one looks fantastic everywhere. And I'm like, I don't know why, but I don't don't really like it, you know. And then he shows me another one and I'm like, I feel my being respond to it. (laughs) I mean, I know it's a very funny example, right? But I could just feel, I feel warm inside and my, my heart lifts. You know, so these are like funny, random roundabout ways of also learning to find your intuition in funny moments. Yeah. Like what's your emotional reaction when you're deciding between what to order on a menu? Do I feel like the chicken or the beef? Which one brings up a feeling in that moment of mm, yumminess or yeah. warmth or whatever it is that feels positive, you know? Yeah. And these can be very small, tiny, funny, like quirky ways of, beginning to learn to trust because like Kathy says the more we learn to trust those little inner nudges and things the more we then and the more conscious we 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 decide to be with ourselves working on ourselves in terms of understanding ourselves and ourselves as divinity it then it actually kind of naturally begins to evolve you know and and practicing you know practicing helps Exactly. And the signal gets stronger because now, you know, and I, I, you know, in a way, I don't know if the intuition is necessarily shut down, but it's not encouraged. So because we know that kids Mm -hmm. can pick up things and animals. So we know, but it's most like the generation of parents don't know how to handle it, don't know how to nurture unless they've they've spent some time like we have developing it. So for the most part, logic is easier because it becomes practical and it's a matter of um, habit and it's easy. You don't have to think about it, but for I've often heard like business people or even when you're buying a house and you walk in and go, it doesn't feel right. You know, that's an intuition. Or I walked mm-hmm. in and immediately I knew that that, that that person was my soulmate. That's intuition. So all of these mm-hmm. little things, and that's talked about quite freely, but nobody really explains how to develop it. So what you're saying now is like, what exactly is like start small, start with a little, how, how does this feel? This sings to my soul. I really want the chicken. You know, I know that, and uh, you know, and the, this kind of internal dialogue with ourselves, and with which is basically the, the first part. But then it starts moving into, I'm beginning to trust myself, and when I trust myself, I'm basically saying I trust divine. Exactly.
So talked a lot about trusting the divine and tuning in. So basically, the, the, the essence of the law of attraction, and it can be quite hard for some people to accept, but having worked in the, in an, I was work, used to be a sound engineer in TV many years ago, and we used to have these radio mics. Now, we understand, as mostly people understand the concept of, of radios. So if you're tuning into a radio station, you need a particular frequency. And you find it strongest on the one signal, but on either side, it can be a bit scratchy and still there. But then the first signal, that frequency bandwidth. So it's like that, that, that tower that says um, Metro FM is over here and uh, Radio High Felt is over here. And basically, that's what we're tuning into. So I want to listen to Radio High Felt right now and then I want to change the station. So we just do that with a flick of a switch. So now it's like, how do we do it? How, if we're, you and I are going to learn how to do the mediumship, what does that entail? So basically, I just started listening. So what a lot of the things is what we were saying just now is if you start to really tune into yourself and you know that you want the chicken and not the beef, that trust, <laughs> the element of trust gets built up. And slowly, to sure, you know, you, you start to hear different things or see different things or feel different things. And it's, it becomes more because you're trusting yourself more and you say, okay, now I'm going to see if I can tune into um, this person who's going through a living person who's going through a, a, a tough time right now. And you sit there, I'm going, I'm going to send in this person love the next minute. This person might message you. That's exactly how we're fine tuning our intuition. So now mm -hmm. when we're going to go into the mediumship field or into the different, you know, across the veil, everybody goes, but not everybody can do that. I'm going, well, you know, if you're, if you start to listen long enough and hard, not even hard enough, you don't even have, it doesn't, for me, it doesn't take much effort. But what I want to ask you as a radio is how do you, how do you physically tune in? You know, what is it? I mean, I know we've talked, touched on this on, epi on other episodes. It's like, but how do you know it's not just your own head going, you know, I'm making this up? I think that's a big part of the learning process, Kath, that, you know, most often, and so many skeptics will say, well, it's just your imagination. And one of the things that I learned through so many amazing spiritual teachers over many years is that, you know, this is how the divine or spirit or the universe, whatever words work for you, communicate to us, through us. And it is through our imaginations. It's through our senses, our extra senses as in the, mm -hmm. the, the clear senses. And it is then through our imaginations, you know. And mm. so initially, I mean, I had, you know, I'm, I'm kind of um, tried to force myself to be a very left brain person. And I can do mm -hmm. a lot of the left brain things fairly well. Um, so I learned to kind of like squash my imagination quite a lot. So yeah. for me, it was quite a big transition to, you know, trying to figure out, am I getting a real impression from a loved one or from an animal or whatever, or am I, am I just making it up? And one of the things, you know, that has helped me similarly to you, Kath, which I know you've mentioned in um, one of our earlier podcasts is just faking it, you know? So what I decided, what I did one day is I said, I'm going to decide to pretend that I believe, and yes. then I'm just going to go with it right and see what happens and so I started just doing that and then I would share that like say I was with a friend and I, I would just sort of share a couple of things and then they would go oh yeah that's actually it exactly 
And then I would start getting more of the reinforcement. Oh, wait, no, maybe there is something in this. And then mm. I would do a little bit more, a little bit more. And, you know, so slowly, slowly, I started trusting what I was getting. The more I've trusted what I was getting, the more I get. And that is like now kind of exponentially unfolding. So, you know, in the past, I would tune into someone um, who had passed away and I'd get like one or two little things. And now I get like, they, you know, whole pictures, whole movies, whole ne- all kinds Netflix of things. <laughs> Say again? A Netflix series. A Seven whole episodes. Netflix that you can bend, <laughs> in fact, exactly. And just to comment on something that you also said uh, in terms of the trusting yourself, like just even beyond connecting like with, with loved ones, you know, living or, or dead loved ones, uh, tuning in, the thing about trusting yourself is like in the little ways, right? So you decide what am I, what's, what feels right today, the chicken or the beef. And then you say, you think it's the chicken, but then almost deliberately get the beef and then notice how you feel, you know, Mm -hmm. and then do the opposite another time and kind of go, wow. Okay. So that's how you start getting the confirmations. Like, I think I feel for, to, to, you know, drink this drink or, or wear that. And then I'm like, yeah, this is feeling good. This feels better than if I force myself to say, wear the black shirt instead of the purple shirt, whatever, you know, and that's when you start getting the feedback in the little tiny ways. Oh, yeah. You know, sometimes I'll get a, because I kept getting a note to back to my funny flooring. I kept getting a no about this flooring and this no has been going on for ages. And today I discover that they can now fit the flooring in in one day instead of having to wait a week for something to dry. And this makes a huge amount easier so I basically had to wait for the technology to develop so that <laughs> they could do the flooring that I needed so it yeah. took a bit longer than most people maybe would be willing to wait but by yeah. trusting my no and and now I've got a confirmation on my no so now I'm going wait it even works with with like you know third dimensional normal life things you know yeah. maybe I just keep practicing trusting it so that's a nice little way in in like quite practical ways to get your confirmation so that you can trust yourself more and more. Yeah. Because I, I, I do think that, you know, in the, what you said about the block, the intuition, I think what's probably been happening to, to us as a species by our, our older generation is that we were blocked. Our imaginations were blocked. So it wasn't necessarily mm-hmm. it was saying, don't do that, but they were saying, you've got to do it this way. So if, even though you're feeling that resistance, say, towards the, you know, choosing the flooring, if somebody of authority and depends on your impressions, it could be, you know, whoever that might be. It could even be a TV program. I, don't, I mean, I remember some of the things that would challenge our, our belief systems was like, remember when, when, when butter was unhealthy for us and all of a sudden okay. margarine was in and then they've changed it again. So it's those kind of things that it's like, well, what am I responding to in this situation? Okay, the floor, I, I, I kept thinking it must be me because it's been dragged, dragged, dragged. And you know, yes, there's lockdown and I can't get the floor. But look at that. Now you're saving, you know, the, the extra hassle of a whole week of inconvenience and, you know, glue and heaven knows what else. So I think that is a, is a really lovely example of learning to trust for the practical applications. But back just back to quickly about the chicken and the beef instance. If, if, <laughs> if you say choose the beef because you actually thought initially it was like the chicken and this is what happens. Eventually, you, you, you're not sure where your intuition is and you can get yourself confused. So, yes. for instance, I would then order the beef. 
and my beef, there'd be something wrong with it or it would be the last one to arrive or it wouldn't have been brought out from the kitchen because, and then I'd sit there and go, I should, I knew I should have gone with my first thought. My first re- instinctual impulse was chicken, but no, I changed it. Mm. And, and that mm. kind of stuff has built up through the years over learning to trust myself in the moment because you're making a decision now. And as you'd said in, in the previous segment of this podcast, you don't actually know at 20 when you're making a, a choice for something, how you're going to be in 20 years time and how that's going to work for you. But we've had these things, you know, you've got to be st- stuck to your word and um, all these kind of vows and impressions that the authorities have told us that we've got to stick to, even though at the time they might've worked, but they're no longer applicable. We still feel like a little bit guilty. Like sometimes, um, you know, standing next to the microwave and like watching the microwave. I mean, I was fascinated by the microwaves. Okay. Now we're, I'm really showing my age, but when they came in, but, you know, we weren't allowed to stand too close to them. Now, just sometimes deliberately, I'll stand and I'll deliberately put my eyes up into the microwave to see the things that I've been, you know, not able to see all that time. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's, I think the, the authority figures have also told us what we, you and I are doing by tuning into to our, our loved ones on the other side of the veil is, is wrong. Mm. And the, but the one thing I would like to um, just quickly discuss is one thing that happened to me is when I had my mentor was ahead of me and she said, the problem is when we do these things of a different realm, there are possibly dangerous elements around. So she had said to me, always surround yourself or bless yourself with light. And I thought, that's a nice thing that I would do anyway. So I kind of always go, you know, if I'm going to do any tuning, I do it with the highest intention. So that's why, you know, we do it for the highest good with, with um, um, you know, that kind of a feel. But having grown up very Catholic as a, as a child, we always used to make the sign of the cross. And when my, my mentor told me that I was blessed, I thought I didn't know how to do that. And then something just went ping in my brain. I thought, oh, I'll do the sign of the cross. And for me, that was like my signal to walking into the room, but now I'm surrounded by light because I've now blessed myself. Mm. And that's so, a lovely thing to do. Yeah. And actually, the, the truth is, it's like we, you know, I think it's important to do that when we're wanting to connect, as you say, Kath, but throughout your day, like send that light into your day, you know, yeah. to bless your day, to, to bless your sleep. Um and it's not so much that there are these evil entities waiting to possess us and take us over. Um, but it's to hold the highest intention, as you say, yeah. you know, yeah. to, to hold that you are working from a place of love and integrity and you are wishing only for the highest good of the person that you're connecting to, for yourself, for the person you may be connecting for to their loved one. Um that we just hold things. And I think if you approach everything in your life w- with that highest intention, yeah. that's the important thing. It is about, that's a, a life thing, you know, more yes. than anything and it, else. For sure. And it will keep us up on that higher frequency, which means it keeps us on that radio channel that we want to be, which is one of of, of love for ourselves and love for the world, which can sometimes be hard to do when you've had a bad day and a practical and you're feeling a bit grumpy. I mean, I had a simple bad example this morning, but then I thought, actually, I'm not going to let that influence me. I'm not choosing to change my channel here. So, you know, the conscious choice sometimes can be difficult when you're stuck and overwhelmed by life circumstances, as, as, as we know happens. But then, you know, a lot of people can meditate. A lot of people can do like light a candle, 
um, you know, people can burn incense. You can do certain, there's certain mechanical things like me making the sign of the cross, which indicates to my body, oh, hang on, I'm moving my intentions to a higher, higher vibration now, for want of a better word. Mm, absolutely. And, and even just, you know, more like fun ways, you know, always coming back to the humor as Kathy and I love to do, you know, so have a couple of your favorite comedians, um, podcasts or, or comedy routines kind of on a playlist somewhere and then just start listening to, to f- people being funny. And that's yeah. a great way to easily also raise your vibration. And a simple way if you struggle with meditation and that kind of thing, just finding things to laugh about instantly shifts things, exactly. you know. And, and another little nice, nice practical example, thanks for that reminder, Zareda, is for me is um, my funny animal videos because I love animals. And to watch a doggy video or the other day there was a donkey singing and things like that, and I start to smile and laugh, and that's already lifted me up from the – from the growling of heavy traffic or whatever. So yes, I like those practical examples. So this is now our last section of this. This time goes so fast when we do this, don't you agree, Zareed? <laughs> it does, it always flies by. We've got to like keep keep all our thoughts in like concentrated little segments. Yeah. <laughs> so we thought it would be nice if we could do some tuning into, um, how can we say, public tuning into people on the other side or maybe even animals on the other side, just so that, you know, you as a listener might be able to hear the kind of things that you and I, you and I do, you and I as a reader. Because I think we're, for, for myself, I'm a lot more informal than, say, the practical ones that I had first visited to at those esoteric fairs. And for me, it's just a matter of, oh, hang on, I'm not getting this. This is what I'm hearing. Or I'm hearing a, a music story, a music song in the background. So um, where to begin? Have you got anybody nudging, anybody wanting to come on the podcast? Don't you have any? Can't we inter- uh, introduce Larry King? Imagine we had Larry King. Larry King dead. Because didn't you always just hear Larry King live? Yes. Oh, God, that's hilarious. <laughs> oh, that would be very funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. So um, let's just give me the example. You were telling me earlier about the, the, the parrot. Would it be okay for you to mention? Is that a, a client? Um, yes. That, 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 one, that was interesting, yes. Um, so I have a... Um, a client who is a, a vet, very noble profession, and unfortunately has to euthanize um, many animals, um, which of course is is a difficult for a sensitive soul um, to to go through. Um, so, what we sometimes do is connect with the animals that he's euthanized just to ease their passing if we feels like they needed it um, or to, you know, just support them, give them some healing, give them some love and for him to connect with them to also just, you know, feel a kind of healing from his side as well, having to go through that as the, the one who euthanizes. Um, and he had this amazing story of a 52 year old wow. African gray parrot. I was wow. like, wow. 
yeah, we were both like these parrots. This parrot is older than than I am. It's lived a very like long life, and so it was really interesting um, tuning into. Um, and I I will share. Oh no, let me not share the the the, the parrot's name. But well, let's just a, call it Polly. We'll just call him Polly. He's a boy. Boy can Polly. You, can you tune into Polly now, though? Can, I mean, no, do you oh, have to be yes. in contact with the vet? Good point. We were doing a current tuning, not a story tuning. Okay, let me tune into Polly now. So just a little bit of a backstory will be helpful here. Um, Polly's wings were clipped when he was very little. Um, so he couldn't fly properly, uh, which okay. is often done. And when I connected with him, then he was showing me that he was flapping around my room because he, he still, oh, wow. he still didn't know how to fly because he had to learn, right? Cause he had never flown properly. And he's now showing me his wings completely outstretched and now full, oh. you know, which is really beautiful. And, He's just flying. He's just flying and soaring around. He had reconnected with a loved one. Um, I think it was like a grandfather who had he had been very close to who had died before him. So when I connected with him before, they they reconnected on the other side. And he's just around this this granddad, and he's just flying and and he, all all he's showing me is him just flying through the sky through this you know beautiful sky and wow. his birds his wings he look quite like rich they look a bit like angel wings actually more than parrot wings even um cool. and he's just the feeling he's giving me is just one of such joy and um such a full heart um and if i so i'm gonna try and pop into him so i can see if i can get the impression if he'll if he's okay with that i'm this is me asking him permission um, and he's okay with it. So he's now showing me what it looks like and the feeling of flying up so high. And it, oh, it is just wonderful and actually a bit indescribable. So I'm looking down now at the ground as I'm kind of soaring with him um, oh, as he flies around. Yeah, <laughs> that was a nice one, popping into Polly. <laughs> Polly put the kettle on are you um do you use your eyes do you close your eyes it depends sometimes I close them like right now I close them sometimes okay. I keep them open um I can I'm starting to be able to see more clearly with my eyes open I don't need to okay. close them as much anymore uh which, okay. is, which is fun but now I'm on their side so anyone you want to tune into and if you want to pop over with me Kath so we can um, tune in well, I heard our regular, let's call him, um, I'm trying to think of a name that wouldn't, <laughs> Fred, uh, let's call him Fred. Fred. Do you know who I mean to Fred, who keeps right interrupting you? <laughs> oh, yes, Fred. Oh, gosh, Fred. I know exactly who you're talking about, yes. Okay, so what is, Fred is very I, yeah, I got the impression that, you know, when, when I said, um, can we do Larry King live? I heard Fred say, hey, what about me? He used to do podcasts. <laughs> well, Fred, Fred popped into my head earlier when we were talking about, about things. So Fred loves popping in. He's very sociable. Okay. So what, what, is, what has Fred got to say? Let's interview Fred. Okay. So <laughs> 
Fred is quite um, has quite a great sense of humor, and he likes being uh, quite um, quirky and funny. And he likes he usually shows me quite funny things, so I'm just going mm-hmm. to feel. Um, so he loves this. He love he had no idea that before he died, he was I think a bit of an atheist, and he had no idea about any of these things. And he thought it was all just like dead in the ground. That's that. And so now that he's, he's kind of reconciled to this notion of an afterlife and of having, you know, life beyond death. Um, he, he loves this idea of us being mediums and he had no idea, Kathy, that you were one. (laughs) um, So he's like, Oh my God, he wants to ask questions and he wants to tell us stories. And he's like, always like bouncing up and down on his, on the, like, you know, on on his balls of his feet because he's so excited. Um, and he just loves that he's like here to talk. He he often interrupts my other sessions with other people, animals or um, people, because um, he's like, oh, I'm here. I'm like, no, no, that's you're Fred, interrupting. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Even I feel like I know him quite well now. Well, you probably do. <laughs> do you get, what do you get from him, Kat? Oh, no, I, I got, um, I definitely got very similar. Um, you see now because I, I know Fred I knew him from this side as well I kind of think well we, we, we've discussed this so you know we've discussed this when, when he was alive like no no we discussed this when he was still physically here but not mentally here um, so I was, I was kind of saying but I told you and he goes no you never said anything you never told me this <laughs> and I, I said, but you always used to slate it. So I'm not going to continue if you're going to continue to shoot me down, you know, with my stuff. Um, but I also get the, the, the giddy excitement that, um, you know, he, he can do this from that side now as well. And as you're talking, he's showing me, like he's pulling a face. He's like going, she never told me. She never said anything. I have no idea she does this. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's a real character. Can he I was share? a guy you couldn't really Sorry. interrupt. Oh, he was yeah. telling the story. You couldn't interrupt him, so I would just let him talk. Sorry, what were you going to say? See, now I'm starting to tell I'm interrupting you. Um, yeah. Can I share one of the things that came through one of the other times with him? Yeah. Uh, so the, the one time he, he showed me this image of following a loved one, like putting like a, a ghost sheet over his head. Like a, like as if a goat, you know, how we would put sheets over our heads to pretend we were ghosts when we were kids and like walking around behind her and shows me this image of like following her around, but like literally on her heels. So if she like stops suddenly, then he like bumps into her. And those are the kinds of images show me to kind of say, but I'm right there with her. I'm right there with her. And then yeah. Kathy shared, he used to actually do that when he was still alive. <laughs> he even used yeah. to do that. So, yeah, and I think sure. And Sorry, what's Ken, amazing you... is no, what's amazing is like as I said, I know who I know the Fred, but you've never mev- never met Fred. I'm not even sure yes. if you've ever seen a photograph of Fred. So the fact that when you started listening to his energy, I'm thinking this really does feel like him. But then of course, you know, it um, it, it is it is just that channel of Fred. So you know, there's Polly and there's Fred and there's all these other channels and there's hundreds of them all wanting to to talk to us. And when you when they start realizing that you're a beacon, they often 
more people come and they're like, oh, can you, hello, can you talk to me? Like, you know, hello, I'm, I'm here, can you talk to me? Um, and one of the things I just wanted to add on to what you're saying, Kath, is that what's also lovely is, I, like she says, I didn't know him at all. I just knew of him. And I hadn't seen a photo before I connected and I knew nothing about his personality or anything. And so when I connected, it was completely blind, a blind reading, so to speak. Um, mm. And then when the stuff came through and Kathy could confirm it, that's also a great way. You know, this is why we, we feed off each other a lot. So yeah. and, and vice versa, when she, when she tunes into someone that I knew in, in, in sort of human person, um, it, it's a great way to have that confirmation um, that it absolutely is that person coming through because yeah. she knew, you know. And it helps us, as you say, bur- bu- you know, build each other up, but build ourselves up and think, oh, okay, well, you know, now I was just getting a little snippet of it, but now I'm getting far more detail. And that detail is important because as you'd said in a previous podcast as well, it's like, well, you don't want to say that because, you know, why would you bother saying that? But then when you say it, you actually realize the relevance to the person that's, 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 you know, getting the message done. So, yeah, I think in the way the, the, the excitement that for me, I'm having the dialogue with people like Fred and Polly and, you know, all the other animals and beings that, that are wanting to chat, I end up sometimes like, especially when I run, I think that's my meditative state. I'll be running and, I've, and I'll have a big grin on my face because I've got this movie playing in my head and yeah so one of the things just going back to to really spin back to the imagination that you mentioned earlier Zareda is that I went for a reading years ago for um a past life regression and she was she was a hypnotherapist now I said to her look I'm an eager to please person when I go and see somebody like you'd mentioned as well as you you know you, you worry about this person's feelings getting hurt if you don't see you don't get the connection that they're getting and I said to this um hypnotherapist feels like it's just my imagination and she says but that's all it is and that was such a Mm. nice thing for me it's like that is all it is imagination is impressions of past future uh, and you know possibilities but you can watch a a movie that it can impress on the imagination and when we talk about the collective unconscious it might out there be out there in the ether something that you've thought of or a design that you once thought of and suddenly it pops up you know, um, from somebody else in America. That's So how did you get it? Were you psychic? Did you pick it up? Or did you just tune into the collective consciousness of, of thought mm. and invention? So it's very, it's very nice that, that, you know, we can like, you, now that we're allowing Fred to, to go with it and to be with us, it's like, okay, well, it's not always, you know, exactly true, but it's very nice and comforting. And I think that's what, you know, we, we just to bring us back to the beginning, is the whole point of going to see a medium is for support and for comfort. Would you agree? Exactly. And and to f- be able to find and reach that comfort in all the ways that you possibly can. Mediumship is such a, a help in that way. For sure. And it comes, we've now come to the end of episode five, which was quite a nice adventure down our different rabbit holes of metaphysics and mystical mediumship (laughs) so thank you for joining (laughs) me again Zareda thank you Kathy as always much enjoyed